We now know this season's eight quarter-finalists after another dramatic week in the UEFA Champions League. On Tuesday, Mourinho and Manchester United suffered against Sevilla. Brilliantly saved by De Gea. They're claiming it's 2-0 and the goal has been awarded. It finished 2-1 to the Spanish side on the night and on aggregate. Meanwhile, Roma edged past Shakhtar on away goals. No offside against Dzeko. Oh, what a breakaway goal. A ball through the middle. Dzeko onside just when Shakhtar are looking for the flag. Then on Wednesday, Chelsea were no match for Barcelona, and it was that man again. Messi threw on goal. Messi, cute angle. Goal number 100 in the UEFA Champions League for Lionel Messi. And goal number three of the night for Barcelona. Meanwhile, in Turkey, Bayern cruised past Besiktas 8-1 across the two legs. Alaba goes on the overlap. Sandro Wagner waits in the middle and chests it home to make it three. It's another sweeping Bayern move that's gone from one end of the field to the other. You'll hear reaction from key players and head coaches, including Jose Mourinho, Steven Nzonzi, Marcus Alonso, Cesar Azpilicueta and Eusebio Di Francesco right here on Match Day Live. Welcome to the show, I'm Rob Daly and I'm joined by UEFA.com's European football expert Chris Parrott. Chris, first of all, Barcelona threw a bizarre match against Chelsea but a 3-0 victory. An unusual game but a very similar outcome that we've seen in the past, a Lionel Messi masterclass. Um, it didn't have that many chances, didn't have that much of the ball but was absolutely clinical. 1-1 from the first leg, put them ahead inside two minutes when Chelsea had barely touched the ball and then um, after setting up Usman Dembele, then completed the scoring in the second half. He was the match winner again for Barcelona, but that only tells half the story because Chelsea gave them a bit of a fright, even though on the score sheet and in the history books, it will, it will look like they never had much of a chance. Uh, let's go through all of the week's round of 16 second leg ties. So on Tuesday, Manchester United won, Sevilla 2, Sevilla winning it by the same scoreline on aggregate. Roma won, Shakhtar nil, 2-2 on aggregate. Roma progress on away goals. And on Wednesday, Barcelona 3, Chelsea nil, 4-1 on aggregate. Earlier, Besiktas 1, Bayern 3, 8-1 on aggregate to the German champions. Uh, time to look back at Tuesday's round of 16 ties. Let's start with the action at Old Trafford, where Manchester United took on Sevilla. It was nil-nil after the first leg in Spain. This was watched by Steve Wyeth. All forward towards Sarabia. He's got Ben Yedda running ahead of him. Here is Vissan Ben Yedda, twisting and turning and scoring beyond David De Gea. And that is the away goal for Sevilla. And Manchester United have got a big problem now. Immediate impact from the substitute. Sevilla has scored at Old Trafford and they whipped in from the left-hand side, flicked on, and brilliantly saved by De Gea. They're claiming it's crossed the line, Sevilla. They're claiming it's 2-0, and the goal has been awarded. And Sevilla surely are heading into the quarter-finals of the UEFA Champions League for the first time in their history. They lead 2-0 at Old Trafford. 
Rashford. Rashford getting on with the corner kick quickly. Flicked on and into the back of the head net this time from Lukaku. There is hope for Manchester United. Corner kick swung in by Rashford and Lukaku throwing himself at it. Manchester United wants to be a two. It's hard to play here, we know. They have a very strong team. It was not easy. Both teams uh, could have won, but at the end we won. So it's the first time in the story of the club, so we're very happy. Sevilla midfielder Steven Nzonzi there. It is Sevilla's first UEFA Champions League quarterfinal ever. Their first European Cup quarterfinal since 1958. Chris, they celebrated, and rightly so, at Old Trafford. They were magnificent. And as much as uh, Manchester United were a bit toothless, you have to give great credit. Only their second ever, as you mentioned, quarterfinal. They lost the last one 10-2 in aggregate to Real Madrid, so they'll hope for a, a little better, what, 60, 70 years on, but they were they were terrific, and um, you know I think Vincenzo Montella, up against you know the one of the master tacticians in Jose Mourinho, probably came out on top. His tactics were spot on. He left Wissam Benyedder on the bench. He brought him on with 20 minutes to go, and a couple of minutes later he'd scored two goals, and the, and the tie was over. 87 seconds it took him to score the first, yeah. the fastest score by a sub in this season's competition. And they had more than 20 shots. In total. He should have had a hat-trick, yeah. shouldn't he, at the end, denied by David De Gea. But just to put that into some context, 21 shots in total. No team's done that at Old Trafford in seven years in all competitions. All competitions. That is an awful lot of games and some fantastic teams that have been to Old Trafford in that time. The very best in the world. And um, and no one's managed to do what Sevilla did. Stephen Nzonzi, we heard from them, was a, was a huge part of it. He was colossal in midfield. Ben Yedda was was clinical, took his chances, and from Sevilla's point of view, they were underdogs. I think they played that card beautifully at Old Trafford and thoroughly deserved to go through. Ben Yedda, eight goals now in seven UEFA Champions League matches this season. He's taken all the headlines in Spain in the morning papers. Marker ran with the headline, Big Ben, referring to Ben Yedda after, after his sensational performance off the bench. He was magnificent, as he has been this season. Eight goals this campaign, that's the most a French player's ever scored in a single season in the UEFA Champions League. <laughs> Staggering. Really. Can you understand why they didn't start him? Luis Muriel seen as a hard worker, a grafter, and someone Montella wants to build the side around. Yeah, I can, and it worked perfectly because Ben Yedda came on, and fair play, he didn't sulk that he was left on the bench at Old Trafford despite scoring lots of goals so yeah. far in the competition. He gave them that spark when they needed it. The game plan was, we'll keep it at nil-nil for as long as possible. We'll try and nick a goal because then having drawn the first leg nil-nil, Manchester United will have to score two, and it worked. And I think what it does do as well is it, you know, we talk about nil-nil away in the first leg being a good result. Not so sure, you know. Of course, you haven't lost the game. I think it used to be. It used to be. but I don't think it is now. That lack of an away goal means that you're always in the game as the away team in the second leg. And, um, yeah, Sevilla were excellent. And you know what? They did very well against Liverpool in the group stage, didn't they? Two draws, two fantastic draws. They've now beaten Manchester United in the round of 16. There won't be too many that fancy facing Sevilla in the quarterfinals. Uh, what do you think happened with Manchester United? Rhea Ferdinand uh, quoted in the Daily Mail saying the, the team looked a little thrown together, a little bit like a team of strangers. Alexis Sanchez still trying to work his way into this United side and understand what is required of him. 
Um, but for me personally, Chris, it looked like they were scared to take risks in possession. I don't think it was a defensive performance. I think just no one was really gambling. The passing was a little bit too slow as well against a severe side who, who did gamble at the end. Yeah, I mean, the Times newspaper headline was cowardice, not courage, as United bow, which I think might be a little strong. I think severe were, were very impressive. But that was at Old Trafford on, on Saturday when United beat Liverpool and, and were, were outstanding. They... They harried and hassled them from minute one. They, they were Rashford scored two great goals. They were really at them, and I didn't get that at all. Apart from maybe the first, the last five minutes when they seemed to wake up knowing that they had to score three goals, but there wasn't that potency about them. I was surprised that Scott McTominay, who has come into the team this season but has been brilliant, wasn't was left on the bench. Fellaini came on came in alongside He was quite effective Matic. first half, but I suppose when Fellaini's on the pitch, it's all, it's, <laughs> it's all about Fellaini, actually, yeah. because you're sort of relying on what he does. And, and they just didn't, they didn't get to grips with, with Sevilla, who, who seemed to buzz around more than Manchester United and, and create the intensity as opposed to the other way around. And, and United never really looked like getting going in the tie, actually, not just on Tuesday at Old Trafford, but also in southern Spain in the first leg, when only David De Gea's brilliance meant that it was nil-nil going into the second leg. Manchester United boss Jose Mourinho was philosophical about his side's failure to make the quarterfinals once more. I don't want to make a drama of it. We don't have time for that. We have no time to be, to be sad for more than 24 hours. And that's football. That's not the end of the world. I sit in this chair twice in the Champions League. And I knock out Man United at home, at Old Trafford. I sit in this chair with Porto, Man United out. I sit in this chair with Real Madrid, Man United out. So I don't think it's, it's something new for the, for the club. A little bit of deflection there from Mourinho referring back to his former glories. There's no doubt it's a disappointment uh, for Manchester United. I thought Lukaku did play well. He looked like perhaps the one saving grace in the performance. Got himself a goal. Granted, he had missed one um, before that. Um, for United now... It, it leaves their season a bit in limbo because out of the Premier League title race and they won't be able to really match what they even achieved last season winning the UEFA Europa League. It will be a big disappointment because the UEFA Champions League, the European Cup, is embedded in, in Manchester United's very philosophy and, and they do not like it when they've been out of the competition. They're very special Champions League nights at Old Trafford and, and they haven't had that much luck, if you like, or, or that good a run in the competition for a while. David Moyes took them to the, the quarterfinals, but it's been quite a long time since they've really had a tilt at the competition, not since the, their final in, in 2000. Yeah. And 11, of course, won the UEFA Europa League last season. I think the season now that they will want to finish above Liverpool and Chelsea and Tottenham and finish second, and they have the, the FA Cup quarterfinal against Brighton at home on Saturday. And if they finish the season... In second and having won the FA Cup, I think it will be successful. They haven't finished in the top three in the Premier League since Sir Alex Ferguson left the club. And I think that is a, that's a point which is forgotten because they never finished out of the Premier League's top three in Sir Alex in the Premier League era before that. So finishing second will be a big step forward uh, and they'll hope next season to go beyond the round of 16 in the UEFA Champions League. Uh, Tuesday's other tie concluded at the Stadio Olimpico, where Roma were trying to make up for a 2-1 first leg deficit against Shakhtar. Jonathan Beck saw this one. No offside against Dzeko. Oh, what a breakaway goal. A ball through the middle. 
Dzeko onside just when Shakhtar are looking for the flag and Edin Dzeko slides it through the legs of Piotr and Roma have the goal that might just send them through. Roma won, Shakhtar Donetsk nil. Moon has already set up one goal, has now pinged one to Nangalan right hand side of the area who is onside. He sets up Dzeko again. That didn't miss by much. Edin Dzeko arriving at the perfect moment, sweeps it wide. Now, is there a second goal for Edin Dzeko? He's been played in behind Odets, and the defender has held him back. Now, big decision for the referee, Alberto Mayenko. What colors the card? It's red. It goes from bad to worse for Shakhtar Donetsk. A goal down on the night, full time at the Stadio Olimpico, and it erupts. Roma are into the quarterfinals of the UEFA Champions League for just the fourth time in their history. Edin Dzeko the hero, Shakhtar's plan didn't work, and it's Roma who go through. 1-0 on the night, 2-2 on aggregate. Yeah, it's Roma's first quarter-final in a decade and their head coach Eusebio Di Francesco is thrilled with the direction the club's heading in. We've been working on our physical preparation, knowing that we would need to, and now we are in the quarter-finals, which is the most important thing. The team is improving, physically and mentally, building huge momentum and confidence. I'm fully convinced of that. Jacques Goal. Was the headline on the front of Gazeta della Sport? Ben Gladwell, UEFA reporter, explaining that a play on words using Jeco and goal, which I think we did, we did get as well, Ben. Um, but Jeco, the hero, Chris. I mean, you know, I was talking about him the other night, discarded essentially by Manchester City. They felt they didn't need him a few years ago, and now he's into the quarterfinals of this competition, having been the, the decisive player the other night. He was uh, he was superb. Finished it really well. Um, I think goalkeeper probably made up his mind after Strootman's excellent ball forward but it was a very disciplined Roma display against a, a Shakhtar team who have created so many opportunities you know beat Roma fairly in, in the first leg in Harkiv could have been more yeah could have been more For exactly Becker. Um, and really Becker had very little to do actually in the Stadio Olimpico and Dzeko uh, was excellent remember they came through a group ahead of Chelsea and Atletico you know this isn't you know, we should be used now to Roma really excelling in the UEFA Champions League this season they've never been beyond the last eight in the UEFA Champions League era. So, you know, history beckons. And all this after a summer of change. You know, at Roma, they lost Mo Salah, who's turned into, well, was at Roma, but is one of the form forwards in, in Europe. Lost Antonio Rudiger, who was a, a massive part of what they achieved last season. Lost Francesco Totti to retirement. Changed the coach. And, you know, in the space of 10 months, they really have become a, a footballing unit and, you know, deservedly went through a, a very tricky tie against a very good Shakhtar team. I think what's, what's difficult to accept with Roma is that they're, they're so off the pace domestically. 14 points behind Napoli uh, in the standings. They probably will qualify for the UEFA Champions League again. But in this competition, as we saw, I think, especially with 3-0 at home to Chelsea, they can turn it on in Europe on big nights at home as well. And the atmosphere at the Olympico when there are 80,000 in there is one of the best in Europe. Remember, top four go straight into the group stage now in Italy. So I just wonder if, you know, pretty early on, they probably realised that a title tilt was beyond them. So this competition became all the more important. And, and certainly they have they've played well. There's a, a wonderful quote. We, we talked about Sevilla going through and Di Francesco and Montella are very good friends. Um, be quite poetic if Montella went back to Roma as, as a coach of a visiting <laughs> yeah, team. Absolutely. But, but uh, you know, 
Di Francesca saying that he spoke to Vincenzo Montello and that they've agreed that they're going to meet in the final, which is uh, that's very nice. Very <laughs> nice of them good, too. Good for them to let us know as well. Uh, the Ukrainian press in general, Chris. Very disappointed. I'll read out a couple of headlines in a moment. First, Paolo Fonseca, uh, Shakhtar's head coach. Roma took advantage of just one occasion and they made the most of it. They managed to score and then protected the result. While Shakhtar dominated for the whole match, I think it was 62% possession for us. My team were in Roma's box until the very end of the game, despite playing with just 10 men for a part of it. I, I think what counteracts that from, from Fonseca is, is the reaction in Ukraine Shakhtar were below part, that they could not match the intensity of the first leg. The red card certainly hurt them, and there's no shame in going out of this stage. They've made it through to the round of 16 in what has been a very difficult competition. Yeah, I think the frustration is that they, they have a, a collection of players now, and we don't know what's going to happen in the summer. Some are out of contract, like um, Bernard, that maybe they, they thought this was their season to really achieve something. And given they came through a group ahead of Napoli, and beat Manchester City at home on match day six. Yeah, yeah. That really they felt maybe a bit like Monaco last season, that, that the stars had sort of aligned for this campaign. Um, I think it's Segudnaya, the, the paper in, in Ukraine as well. Um, I love this quote. He said, Italian clubs can write dissertations on how to play for a 1-0. Roma needed this scoreline and they got it. <laughs> they certainly did. And, it's okay. true. And, and again, benefit of an away goal. Roma got one in Kharkiv and it made all the difference. Two Italian sides into the quarterfinals. Roma 1-0 against Shakhtar, 2-2 on aggregate. Away goals doing the business for uh, Eusebio Di Francesco's side. Next on Match Day Live, analysis and reaction from Wednesday's matches. Everyone can enjoy football, no matter who you are, where you're from or how you play. Equal Game is a new UEFA Respect social responsibility campaign that positively promotes inclusion, diversity and accessibility in football throughout Europe. You're listening to Match Day Live with Chris Parrott and me, Rob Daly, on to Wednesday's action in the UEFA Champions League when Barcelona took on Chelsea with a tie level at 1-1 after the first leg. Richard Kaufman was your commentator. Messi gets to the edge of the air, tries to play a 1-2, does get it back, Messi ties it angle, finds the back of the net! What a start from Barcelona! And it's that man, of course, Leo Messi, who opens the scoring just two minutes on the clock, and Barcelona go in front of the tie. Messi skipped away from one, skipped away from two, up to the edge of the penalty area. He's got Suarez in support, brings in Dembélé, Dembélé with a chance! Usman Dembélé scores his first Barcelona goal! The second of the night, 20 minutes gone, Barcelona 2, Chelsea 0. Barcelona streaming forward, Suarez into Messi, Messi through on goal, Messi cute angle! Goal number 100 in the UEFA Champions League for Lionel Messi! And goal number 3 of the night for Barcelona, which surely means they're in the UEFA Champions League quarterfinals. Barcelona 3, Chelsea 0. And it finished 4-1 on aggregate. Richard Kaufman joins Chris and myself now. Richard, roughly, what, half an hour, 40 minutes on from full-time, your reflections on what we've seen at the camp now. Well, I remember you mentioning uh, before the start, the match started, there was a banner in the crowd that said, God save the king. And in the middle of those words sat uh, Lionel Messi on his crown, and he's still sitting on his crown with a big smile on his face, adding uh, another couple of goals tonight to make it 100 UEFA Champions League goals in total. What a week for him, became a dad for the third time. And uh, 
we heard there, you know, his class scored two, set up one. In between it all, Chelsea were okay. They did well. They played okay. They were threatening. They at times even looked maybe even the better team. But throughout the tie, it's going to look back at it as a, a could have been, maybe should have been. 180 minutes for Chelsea. They hit the woodwork four times over the two matches, you know. In the end, though, Barcelona have gone through 4-1 on aggregate. They're the team in the in the quarterfinals. They've got the quality of the likes of Messi, and you can name, of course, another half a dozen, maybe go through the whole starting lineup. They've done the business. They've done the job credit to Ernesto Valverde. You know, he, he, he was the one that put his neck on the block, changed it a little bit tonight. He did, yeah. Picked Dembele. That came off nicely with goal number two as well. So, yeah, Barcelona take the plaudits, and rightly so. Chelsea, Antonio Conte, another frustrating night for him in the UEFA Champions League and a frustrating tie overall for Chelsea and their supporters. And you mentioned Dembele there, picked by Valverde. Big goal for him, I think, in a, probably his, his biggest moment in a Barcelona shirt. His injuries curtailed his, his season so far, his first year. Remember, I mean, he was the man that they picked to replace Neymar, if you like, and you know, probably could have picked almost any player in, in world football. And, and if they can get him firing, because um, at the moment it feels maybe more than it has done in a while that Lionel Messi is, is carrying Barcelona. Suarez didn't look quite at his sharpest. I know he set up one of the goals, but missed a chance with Courtois. And, and without Messi's goals over the, over the two legs, it would have been very different. So it's going to be interesting to see what, they do further on in the competition. Dembélé picked ahead of Paulinho. Big call. It came off of Valverde, as has pretty much all of his tactical decisions this season. And, and certainly Barcelona, particularly at home, just don't seem to concede, even when a team of Chelsea's quality had as many opportunities, not clear-cut chances, but as many opportunities as they had. Uh, so many Spanish internationals back in their home country, representing Chelsea. One of them was Cesar Azpilicueta. Before you know the, the third goal, I think uh, we were in control of the game. We, we had clear chances to score. We didn't do it where we could open a bit uh, the game. And then you know uh, the game after the third goal obviously was, was uh, harder. A lot of you getting in touch on Twitter, hashtag MatchDayLiveFantasy on Twitter says, that could, the night that could have been that never was. I'm disappointed, but we can use this match today as motivation for the rest of the season. Sayan Olat says Chelsea kicked out of the UEFA Champions League by the top team in the world, although they went to Barca uh, with a fight. One of their star performers at the camp now was certainly their left wing back, who probably should have scored on the night, Marcus Alonso. Yeah, we knew they, they, they have top players uh, and we cannot give them one metre because then they can create and, and, and score. I think a little bit unlucky also with the first two goals and, and we hit the post three times. We had so many chances in, in both games and, and yeah, I think they, they were the better team, but we were unlucky and, and, and I think we compete well and, and we have to, to improve. And, and when you lost, it's the best way to, to keep training and get better. Yeah, that was Marcus Alonso. Uh, his manager, Antonio Conte, has also been talking about the match tonight. He said tonight in the two legs, uh, Lionel Messi made the difference. We're talking about the best player in the world. Over the two legs, we were a bit unlucky. We hit the post four times in our best moment today. They scored. They were clinical. We created many chances. We're talking about a player in Messi that every season scores 60 goals. We're not talking about a top player 
but a super top player. He made the difference. And then looking ahead, Andres Iniesta uh, speaking about the quarterfinal draw that's coming up. He says, we know the Spanish teams too well, so I prefer to avoid them. Very interesting. Of course, one of those being Real Madrid. <laughs> uh, but it's it, because it, the build-up to the, the Chelsea game, there, there were some in the Spanish press certainly that were saying that the fact that they don't play a team like Chelsea often, particularly the 3-4-3 formation, which we did see caused them problems, and that was that going to be tricky because they don't come up against a team like Chelsea. But it sounds like from Iniesta's point of view, they're happy to come up against sides from uh, from other countries more than a, than an all Spanish duel. I suppose what it, over the last couple of weeks, what we've really learned is you have to take your chances. And I, I'm not just talking about Chelsea at uh, the camp now tonight. I'm thinking Spurs at Wembley against Juventus. How many chances did they have to really kill it off? They probably had three clear chances, and and only took one of them. And for Marcus Alonso as well, he had his, his chances tonight. We heard from him there, Chris. I'd add in Sevilla to that as well. They didn't have many chances at Old Trafford, but Ben Yedda took them. Absolutely right. Um, yeah. and, and Juve, didn't they? I mean, they, they were so clinical and you have to be to get through. Yeah, with, with regard, though, to the Chelsea-Barcelona overall tie, it's difficult to know how Barcelona would have reacted to a Chelsea goal. Would they have then gone on and scored a couple more as a result of Chelsea putting the pressure on them? Or would they have folded and felt the pressure? We'll never know. But what we do know is... Barcelona have those players. You mentioned Chris that Suarez wasn't necessarily his best, but they still have other players. Someone that hasn't really had a foothold of the whole season comes in, like Dembele scores, and then you've got someone who's only just become the second player ever to reach 100 <laughs> goals right. in this competition to do the business. So they, they've got big-time players waiting in the wings, waiting on the bench, and, of course, in their starting lineup. It's as well. why they're one of the favourites. Uh, going into that quarter-final draw on Friday, the other match on Wednesday saw Besiktas host Bayern, with Bayern, of course, 5-0 up after the first leg in Munich. John Bradley saw this one. This is Arturo Vidal. Pass was a little bit square, didn't give Muller anything to run onto. That is cross though, and there's a shot, and it's a wonderful Bayern goal. It's Thiago who scores, but it is a free-flowing counter-attack from Bayern. This is really nice movement from Bayern again. It's Rafinha with a cross, comes all the way through. Oh, it's an own goal. It's Rafinha who delivers the cross, and as two players went for it, it's Gokhan Gunnul who slices the ball beyond his own goalkeeper into the back of the net. It's an early goal at the start of the second half for Bayern. Well, that's broken nicely. And Wagner loving to the penalty here and shoots right-footed, and he manages to score. Squeeze the ball home. Wagner Love one-on-one -on -one with the goalkeeper as the ball broke for him. And the first real sight of goal that Besiktas have had all night, it comes to Wagner Love and he halves the deficit. Alaba goes on the overlap. Sandro Wagner waits in the middle and chests it home to make it three. It's another sweeping Bayern move that's gone from one end of the field to the other. And Alaba turns provider to help Sandro Wagner chest the ball over the line. It was a simple finish from the winter transfer by. And Bayern once again have their two-goal lead. 
John Bradley joins us on the show now. John, it was, it was never really in doubt, was this in truth, Bayern going to Istanbul? Besiktas much changed uh, for it, but we've, we've had some interesting reaction from the Bayern and Besiktas camp this evening. Yeah, of course. It was the first time that Besiktas have reached the last 16 of the UEFA Champions League and Shannon Gunnish, their coach, says, we don't want to boast about our unbeaten group run and we don't want to dwell on this elimination. We want to keep on being on this stage next year. We lost today, but we were not beaten in terms of the gameplay. My players fought hard but they could have been more careful. As for the Bayern players, well, they've really enjoyed it tonight. They've had really seen the atmosphere uh, inside uh, Besiktas Park. A lot of them have been tweeting uh, praise for the Besiktas uh, support as well. And Jerome Boateng has said it was really fun to play here. The fans were great. They were fair too. We were focused and we scored at the right moments. But we did make some silly mistakes, some silly fouls as well. We need to be critical of ourselves there and improve against better opponents. And of course, once that hard work was done three weeks ago, Yes, it was going to be much simpler in terms of getting through. It had never been done before, overturning a, a five-goal deficit, and it's still never been done. And in truth, it was never good to be done in so, tonight's game. So, so 20 points clear with eight games to go in the Bundesliga. They don't play the semi-finals of the German Cup mm. until mid-April. How do Bayern stay sharp enough and good enough to continue competing against the other seven teams in this competition that have shown an incredibly high standard. Well, odds are they'll be champions by the time we get to the quarter-final stage, judging by what we've got coming up, uh, which, of course, could be quite interesting. What it does mean, though, Rob, is after a long, hard season, there is the opportunity to rest a few players. But, but that sometimes in the past few years has affected them when they've chopped and changed with the players. I think that... We saw that Jupp Hank has picked a very, very strong side in Istanbul for this game, and I think he'll try and keep it going all the way. He was careful with his players, but, but Lewandowski started because he's on a yellow card and would have missed the first leg of the quarterfinal if he was cautioned. Mats almost picked up a yellow card in the first half and was drawn was withdrawn at half-time as well. So they are taking all these games seriously and dealing with them very professionally, and we must congratulate Jupp Hank as, of course, on an 11th straight UEFA Champions League record-breaking win. John, they went for the win. They got it on the night. Can you pick out a man of the match from, from what you've seen in Istanbul? Thomas Muller led them from the front. He was the captain on the night. And, uh, yeah, he kept them ticking over all night. He was really, really good. OK, John, thank you very much for your company this evening. John Bradley watching Besiktas 1, Bayern 3, 8 1. Uh, the aggregate scoreline for the German champions. I do think that might be an issue for them over the, the course of the coming weeks. Can they stay sharp enough uh, for this competition? Still alongside Chris Parrott and Richard Kaufman, we'll hear more from them in a moment. Uh, we're going to hear from Chelsea's goalkeeper, Thibaut Courtois, now. I think if we could have scored a goal, uh, I think they would maybe be more afraid and I think we would have more confidence. I think today again we hit twice the post. I think we're a bit unlucky, uh, always a block in the last second. So we had chances, but uh, we're unfortunate not to score and then I think, yeah, it's hard to win. Chelsea beaten tonight. Barcelona, Bayern, Juve, Roma, Manchester City, Liverpool, Sevilla and Real Madrid. Uh, the last eight. Um, Richard, we heard it from Thibaut Courtois. They're a similar match report to you, actually, in truth, at full time. Yeah, I mean, it's an honest assessment, isn't it, from Courtois? You just wonder where Chelsea's season goes from here now. I suppose they've got one big aim, and that's to make sure they finish in the top four of the Premier League and make sure that they don't miss out again on Europe's top competition like they did a couple of years ago. It's going to be tough for them to pick themselves up because they'll be uh, feeling like they should have got something out of this, but in the end, well beaten, as the scoreline suggests, on aggregate by four goals to one. Man of the match, well, I'd have a guess. It's a tough Richard. one. It's a tough <laughs> one. But uh, I might go for 
Lionel Messi. Messi, else. that's yeah. the guy. Yeah, why not? 100 UEFA Champions League goals for him now. Uh, Chris, we've asked you to give us a man of the match or star performer from Tuesday. Who can you, who can you give us and why? Similarly easy, really. It's, it's got to be Wissam Ben Yedder, another player who scored two goals to fire his team through and uh, make history. Severe into the UEFA Champions League quarterfinals for the first time ever. And a reminder, the draw is on Friday, the 16th of March at 1300 hours Central European time. Uh, that is all we have time for on UEFA Champions League match day live at the end of the round of 16. On Tuesday, two second half goals from substitute Wissam Ben Yedda saw Sevilla overcome Manchester United at Old Trafford and Roma edge past Shakhtar on away goals with a crucial Edin Dzeko strike. And then on Wednesday, Alino Messi inspired Barcelona blew Chelsea away in style at the camp now, while Besiktas were comprehensively dispatched 8-1 by Bayern across the two legs. Join us again on Match Day Live when the quarterfinals begin on Tuesday the 3rd and Wednesday the 4th of April. And don't forget that all-important draw will be live on UEFA.com on Friday the 16th of March at 1300 hours Central European time. Until then, from Chris Parrott, John Bradley, Richard Kaufman, and myself, Rob Daly, it's goodbye. No offside against Dzeko. Oh, what a breakaway goal. A ball through the middle. Dzeko onside, just when Shakhtar are looking for the flag. Corner whipped in from the left-hand side, flicked on, and brilliantly saved by De Gea. They're claiming it's crossed the line, Sevilla. They're claiming it's 2-0, and the goal has been awarded. Alaba goes on the overlap, Sandro Wagner waits in the middle and chests it home to make it three. It's another sweeping Bayern move that's gone from one end of the field to the other. And Bayern once again have their two-goal lead. Barcelona streaming forward, Suarez into Messi. Messi through on goal, Messi cute angle! Goal number 100 in the UEFA Champions League for Lionel Messi! And goal number three of the night for Barcelona! which surely means they're in the UEFA Champions League quarterfinals. Barcelona 3, Chelsea 0. You've been listening to UEFA Champions League Matchday Live.